Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Home economics is a somewhat old-fashioned term that you don't hear that much today. And for the ancient Greeks, particularly Aristotle in Politics Book 1, that would be what we call a pleonasm, where you're saying the thing more times than it needs to be said, because household or home economics is saying basically the same thing. The art of managing the resources of the household prudently, wisely, effectively. The Greek term for this art or science is oikonomike. It comes from the word oikos, meaning house or extended household, which would include not only the nuclear family, but also extended relatives, servants, retainers of various sorts, and uh, whatever property it is that they own. We get the word economics from this, and we tend to think of economics as something for the most part that it's, you know, the, the vast economy out there. And then we think of the economy of the individual household as being a tiny little unit within that larger national or international economy. But really, the, the original form of it is the household itself. And Aristotle is very interested in thinking in a, in a general way. He's not giving you specific advice here, but in a general way about what is household management really supposed to be about. And you notice as you read through this that he is grappling with ideas that are completely relevant today. And he is also combating ideas that we see cropping up frequently today. So one of the key questions that he's asking is what is the relationship between two different disciplines or arts? household management, oikonomike, and what we can call wealth acquisition. You could also think of this in terms of property, wealth, encompasses a lot of things. It can also be translated as possessions. And for the ancient Greeks, as you see in, in politics book one, there's a lot of different kinds of property. Even people can be property in the form of servitude or slavery, but there's also money. And money plays a major role in Aristotle's thinking about this. So is household management just the same thing as wealth acquisition? That's the way a lot of people look at it today. You just got to make some money and then make that money work for you or stretch it or budget it or things like that. But there's actually a lot more to household management than just making or conserving money. Aristotle does say that the art of acquisition understood in a certain way can be a legitimate part of household management. But if it's understood in the wrong way, it actually falls outside of the scope of household management. And to conflate or confuse the two in that case, for example, back when day trading was a really big thing, a lot of people put their money into buying stocks online and selling them. And then quite a few people lost quite a bit of money doing so. Some made money. That's not actually managing your household resources effectively from an Aristotelian perspective. 
It may generate more wealth that you can then use, buy yourself a new car, start saving for college for your kids or something like that. But there's other things that are more germane to the household than simply making as much money as possible. So what does Aristotle think that household management is really about? He thinks that we need to be attentive, and he doesn't define what these are at this point, but this is something that we could devote some thought to. We need to be attentive to the goods that are either needed or necessary, or going beyond that, useful for life, for bios in Greek, for living a life together. So of course, what would this include? Clothing, shelter, food, fuel, all those sorts of issues. We may have a much wider scope today. You know, some people consider Wi-Fi to be a basic human right. And if you do, then that would have to be part of household management, right? Now, notice that he doesn't just say life. He says also for community, koinonia, for the community of the household, because the household itself is a community and the larger society that you live within, whether that be one of a tribe, an ethnos among the barbarian people, or that of a village, a kome, a smaller association, or that of the political community, the city-state, the polis. The household has to be able to, in some way, manage, not just acquire, but manage the goods that it has to prioritize them, to deal with them, store them, for example, effectively, maintain them in good, proper condition. He also says that the household, by its very nature, is in many respects concerned with natural production and use of goods. What does he mean by natural production? Well, Aristotle has in mind the sorts of production of food that takes place through farming or through herding goats or sheep or cattle or any of those other sorts of things. Fishing, I suppose, would be part of that for many people. And then there's many other goods that are produced within the household through various arts, but they're coming from nature. So if you think about why it's important to have sheep, well, the sheep provide you with wool, right? And the wool then is spun into thread and the thread is placed on a loom, which then, you know, is turned into cloth. The cloth is then sewn into clothing. We can go on and on and on and on. I don't know if the Greeks actually had knit sweaters, but you know, you could have yarn as well and knit those sweaters. But all of that is production that takes place in ancient times within the household. We, in our modern way of living, we don't do very much natural production at all. If we do, it's probably in in an elite and artisan sort of way, or it's because we're so desperately poor that we can't afford anything else and we need to produce it ourselves. Or we could just be into DIY things, right? But for the ancient Greeks, that was really a central part of what the household did. And that's the way it was through most of human history and in most cultures. The other thing that he brings up is a household will engage most likely in some trade or barter with others, not for the purpose primarily of acquiring wealth in the sense of getting more out of the bargain, but precisely so that they can supply themselves with the goods that are needed for life and community, which they're not able to procure themselves. So buying salt is a prime example. Salt only available in certain areas. It might be mined more effectively in some places than others. And so you might trade some of your barley or your corn, which 
for us Americans, of course, we think of what other people call maize, but corn was your, your wheat or other grains, or you might be trading wool, or you might be trading your olive oil or something like that to get that salt that you, you want. We could go on and on and on with examples. Aristotle also talks about some fundamentally mistaken views in his point of view. What are these mistaken views? We can recognize these in our own time where the household is turned into something like a money-making enterprise, perhaps a factory, perhaps some sort of trading post, perhaps something else that's supposed to simply generate more and more wealth. And Aristotle says the fundamental mistake here is thinking that household management is primarily about safeguarding wealth in the form of money or about increasing wealth without limit. And now why would this be such a issue in his own time? Well, he brings up the case of King Midas, for example. King Midas was rich as, as could possibly be. Every single thing he touched turned into gold. And yet he couldn't eat anything, of course, because if he, well, they didn't have bananas back then, but just imagine he's grabbing a banana to peel it and suddenly it turns into gold. Now he could say, hey, who wants a gold banana? Let me trade this to somebody, right? But whoever he traded it to, I suppose you'd have to be awfully careful. Don't shake their hand or they're, they're going to turn into gold. But whoever he traded it to would give him something else, which then he would touch and it turns into gold and then it's no longer edible. This is a mistaken set of priorities. There are people who, in fact, become misers, right? And hoard vast amounts of money, but they don't use the money for the purpose that money actually has, buying stuff that isn't money, buying the things that we need for a good life or even just for living. So the notion that we should be orienting the household primarily around safeguarding money or making as much money as possible or piling up as many goods as possible, Aristotle thinks is a fundamentally mistaken set of prioritizations that will not lead people to the good life. They'll actually lead people into unhappiness. You might think, although Aristotle doesn't discuss this, about the recently identified phenomenon of hoarding as an example of this as well. In that case, things that are being hoarded often do not possess genuine value or they cease to possess it because they're not kept in good condition, which is what the household management skill would in fact do, but they're being hoarded up. And then, you know, they have to bring in people to throw all that stuff away or sift through it for the few nuggets of good saleable materials that are there. Aristotle also discusses one other thing that I think is particularly important to keep in mind. He says that the art of household management, it does include this art of wealth acquisition, but we can understand this on an analogy to medicine. Not everybody needs to be a doctor. You don't have to have a medical degree or license in order to make your household a healthy place. You don't require that level of knowledge or commitment or you might say single-mindedness. Similarly, it is a good thing to know something about, say, how money works, how to balance a budget, 
how to do setting aside money for a rainy day, how to make good trades, how to buy things on sale rather than at a premium price. You know, for example, lining up outside the Apple store to get the latest iPhone at a premium price, not good household management, right? Waiting until it goes on sale and then acquiring it at a deep discount, probably part of good household management. But you don't need to be a financial wizard or, you know, a master of the various properties that you're buying and selling and using in order to do that. So he, he ends up saying that in as much as in a way it does belong to the householder and the ruler to see even to health in a way it doesn't belong to them, but to the physician also with regard to wealth in a way it's the affair of the householder in a way it's not, but it is a matter for the subsidiary art. That means that the art of wealth acquisition should always be subordinate to and guided by the art of household management. It should never be the one single thing that's actually running the show. And the person who's most qualified in wealth acquisition is not necessarily the person who should be running the household. So you see that for Aristotle, wealth acquisition is part but only a limited part of household management. Household management identifies and works with and understands a whole different set of goods going beyond the scope of the chromastike or the wealth acquiring art. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.